Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friendly disclaimer time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with any of the media that we review or critique. We wholeheartedly support our fellow creatives at the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And at the end of the day, we're just really big fans. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up, fans, because we're about to add something super exciting to your TBR list. And who better to talk all things TBR, as in your to be read list, than with our lovely lady friends from Akasas? That's right, a quart of salt and snow. We have Miss Shelley and Miss Chandra. Welcome back, friends. Thanks so much for having us back, Julie. We're so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to chat with you guys about Fourth Wing. This has <laughs> been such a popular book on Book Talk and Bookstagram, you name it. I was late to the party. And before we jump into all things Fourth Wing, you guys have been up to a lot of fun things since we last spoke. We definitely have. To be on theme, I guess we should start with the book club. The Bad Bitch Book Club. Tell me all the things. How did you guys come up with this concept and what was like the final push to make this actually happen? Well, like most things, it was Shelly's brainchild. So <laughs> <laughs> she, the idea was originally conceived because we were starting a Patreon to kind of get the, to support the group a little bit. We were trying to come up with some ideas for perks that people would like. And Shelly said, we should do a book club because the Valkyries love to read. And uh, especially Nesta, like that's a theme among the Valkyries is that they love to read. So she said, we should do a book club every month. And I, I, I thought, okay, like, that's an interesting idea. I don't know if anyone would go for it just because like, when you say book club, I think of like my mother and her friends <laughs> right? and I'm like, I don't know if anyone's going to, and people are like freaking out over it. People are like, oh my God, yes, I want to do the book club. So mm-hmm. it was Shelly's, you know, delicious hairbrained idea. So take it away, <laughs> Shell. Yeah. I was just sitting there going. These characters that people love, love reading. I started putting it out there on Instagram, asking for book recommendations. I started occasionally doing book reviews of those recommendations that I got. Obviously, the smuttier the better was was my preface for those. So I have been reading a lot of romance <laughs> over the past few months. Right on. But one of the ones that kept popping up time and time again was Fourth Wing. And mm-hmm. I, I hadn't read it yet. It definitely sounded up my alley, but I hadn't gotten around to it. But it, every time, every time I said anything about it, somebody would be like, Fourth Wing, you should read Fourth Wing. Yeah. <laughs> Have you read Fourth Wing? <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong here, next month's book club, aka September, mm-hmm. you guys are reviewing Fourth Wing, correct? Yes, we'll be discussing Fourth Wing as a, as a group. So we'll have a couple of character performers on the call, hosting the call. And then we will have our our Patreon members join us as well as we like to offer a drop-in option for those that might not want to do Patreon at this time. The other fun, awesome thing that you guys are doing is you guys are opening an event company. You guys have started an event we company? We are. We've, we've started an immersive event company. And that probably needs to come with some additional explanation because people are like, what does that mean? Correct. (laughs) Yes. So 
honestly, I feel like the best way to explain it is just to start the question of, did you ever read the book Austin Land or see the movie? Oh, with Carrie Russell? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I know of so, the movie. Okay. So way back in the day when I was a teenager, I read that book, the Austin Land book, where basically you go to Austin Land and have this experience of living in the time period. And just my my little bookish nerdy heart fell in love with that idea of being able to just go, you know what I really want? I want to go and step out of my life and actually live a story for whatever the duration may be. Mm -hmm. And I just absolutely loved that concept. And actually, that was kind of the foundation of mine and Chandra's friendship because I brought up that book. She also had read it. And we were just talking about how magical the immersive nature of cosplay, character performing, and how it could be more than that. These events can mean so much to people. I still get messages in my Facebook from guests from 2017, 18, 19 in Forks that mm -hmm. will say things like, I met you and it was such a cool experience and you were so nice and I never thought I'd be able to meet Arrow and I never thought, and they just start kind of reminiscing about their time there and they still think about it. They still think about this years later. And that's, that's so important to me and meaningful. So when Shelly had this idea of, I would love to be able to do something like that ourselves, we, you gotta, because we- Absolutely. We've seen the magic that it can do. So so we have uh, an event company. It's called Moonlight Events. And we actually have our first one coming up in November. Shelly, do you want to tell them a little bit more about that? Yes. Actually, our very first event, we wanted to do something on a relatively small scale because we're learning and there's just so much we don't know what we don't know. But we're hoping that those that are excited about this idea right along with us will grow with us as they see what we are trying to accomplish and that we can bring magic to them on a smaller scale and over time on a larger and larger scale as we as we get the ground under our feet on this whole idea. Mm -hmm. um, but the November event is a Valkyrie themed event and we're going to have a night in with the Valkyries. I believe I pitched it to Chandra. We had originally been talking about like a spa night type of thing. And then I think I pitched a, what if we did just a night in of bracelets, friendship making and smut. I like, mean, sign me up. <laughs> I'm in. Here's my money. Take it, please. Yeah. <laughs> Something else we're really excited about is just the amount of interest uh, we've had from some of the really talented vendors who do Akatar related merchandising. We're so excited. That's We've got about six or seven that want to come to the event, regardless of it being a smaller scale event. Oh, yay. Mm. I love yeah. that. What yeah. date? Where do I save the date? Where do I mark my calendar? Um, November 11th. November 11th. So yes. Veterans Day weekend? I believe. Yes, that is that Veterans Day weekend. So it's a national holiday, three day weekend, folks. Take advantage of this. <laughs> Just saying. Also, what are tickets starting at and where can we go to find them? Yep. So uh, you uh, tickets are uh, going to go on sale very soon. We're just kind of getting some last minute things hammered out. But ticket pricing starts at $100 for general admission. Uh, we have a couple of VIP and they are limited VIP tickets and they will be 150 that come with some extra perks. Correct. Yes, that is that is the pricing. And we're planning to release tickets on September 16th. So the venue is actually this little tiny art gallery. And it is, it's so cute. It's got all this beautiful different styles of art. And it's going to be this nice cozy setting. And we're actually going to um, 
block off the inner part of the art gallery for the later part of the event where we want to be more immersive and separated from just the world at large. But when people first come in, it's all glass walls and Mm -hmm. there is like this interesting little U space that's an outcropping. And our intention is to have the vendors out there and kind of get that street market, city market feel right down there. Word through the grapevine is that it's at Trolley Square. What venue or what art gallery is it at? So it is at the Duvin Pintor Art Gallery in Trolley Square. All right, folks. Time's a-wasting. Yeah. Your tickets. Well, I'm ready to spill some tea on all things fourth wing. Are you guys ready to spill some tea? Yes. I am ready. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not read fourth wing, we're going to spoil it for you. Forewarned. All right, folks. For those of you who have lived under a rock and are late to the party when it comes to all things fourth wing, how would you describe fourth wing in three words? Um, I would describe it as dragons, magic, romance. I would say it's exciting and mysterious and uh, adventurous. Oh, I love that. Okay. So I was initially given this description as it's, and it's not in three words, so I'm horrible. <laughs> Cheater. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was I was like, I bet they can come up with something better. I, I promise. But the way that it was initially pitched to me was in terms of fandoms. So it was, it's like Hogwarts meets Hunger Games meets How to Train Your Dragon. This book, this whole story was very cutthroat. I was like, one second, you're alive. Next, you are torched by a dragon. Oh, next thing you know, you're killed in the gauntlet. Oh, next thing you know, you're killed on a wrestling mat. Like what? <laughs> and yes, there was definitely high stakes in this book that you don't see very often in fantasy romance. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, don't get attached to any characters now. <laughs> this was, and, we, and they <laughs> set the precedent so early, or Rebecca Yaros did, let me put it that way, of do not get attached to these characters. They will die. But. <laughs> When did you guys become fully invested in this book? What was the game changer for you guys? I I would have to say that it was when they go out to match with the dragon and find a dragon. Um, Okay. Threshing? So, yes, yes, that's it. Okay. So Violet's experience out there and when they create that attachment to the dragon and the fact that they can now telepathically communicate with the dragon. Okay. Specifically the dragons that they have the attachment to. That to me, like, I will be honest for me, the first portion of the book, I was enjoying it. But to me, it felt very your standard fare YA book, like, like kind of has that divergent Hunger Games, mm-hmm. dystopic reality where you're battling for your position vibes. I was enjoying the story, but it wasn't setting itself apart for me up until that point. And then from that point on, that's when I really felt like it found its footing and became its own unique thing. I would say for me, it was when like she announced that she had bonded to two dragons. And I was like, wait, that's a thing? I What? <laughs> How did that happen? And I'm running all these scenarios and I was like, that can't be right. And then I'm seeing all these memes that highlight everybody else's thought process of like, wait, she gets two? How? And I'll send it to you guys. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But new girl memes have just taken over my life with both Akatar and Fourth Wing. So I'll send them all your way, but it's hilarious how memeable New Girls has become. Like everyone's like, I can find a use for this. Don't right? you worry. <laughs> how about you, Shandra? What was the game changing point? 
So my mine is actually a little bit more meta commentary, okay. but I became a lot more invested as soon as I started to learn more about the character themselves, especially Violet, because, and I don't know if a lot of readers have picked up on this, but she's, I mean, she, she's written like she has a chronic illness. So I believe that she, that the author is referring to EDS, which is the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a connective tissue illness. And it's just, it's just interesting to read a character that actually has a chronic illness that's written by an author that also suffers from the same chronic illness. I've seen disabilities represented in literature before, but it's usually so hit or miss. But it's usually uh, represented by people that either have like peripheral experience with that illness or they don't have it themselves or and I and I appreciate their attempt to want to represent this thing. But it it begs the question of what's what's worse, no representation or bad representation. So it's really, really nice to see a character struggling with a chronic illness I mean like the pain and the frailty and when they described her physical features I was like that sounds a lot like someone with EDS and I don't have EDS I just know a lot of people who do so that's when I started to really pay attention and go is this intentional yeah it is and I like that right on and it's also really interesting because um even when you do have representation in books Mm -hmm. it is very infrequent that it would be the main character Mm -hmm. right that's true so that was definitely an interesting choice that I really appreciated. What was your favorite plot twist? Which one? Oh, I know. And that's the thing. There's so many. I'm loving this book, but like, I have no idea what direction this book is going now because there's so many awesome right. plot twists. Right. And I I feel like you kind of get the first real taste of that with, with the two dragons and just the different things you start learning about when you find out she's a baby. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. When she's a, a hatchling. Is a featherling? Feather. I mean, yes, yeah. She that's the breed of dragon, but like she she's a hatchling, therefore she's a baby. Yes, but I think what it came out was that the featherlings were the hatchlings, and that people just didn't realize that that's what it meant when they yes still had their feathers. There's not enough documentation on dragons, and what they do know about featherlings is very limited in that capacity. Yeah. The other one being. I don't know how much tea we want to spill Go in the it. spill the tea. Well, um, that last bit <laughs> with her freaking brother being alive. Yep. Game changer, and right? Like leading the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> As I was going through the book, it not not once did it dawn on me like, well, they didn't say that they buried him. They didn't say that they found a body. They just said that he was dead. And I was like, there was no clue that he wasn't alive. They just kept mm-hmm. echoing the sentiment that he was dead. And right. I was like, okay. And then mic drop at the very end of the book. So you, like they don't even give you pages to process. It's like <laughs> right. in the last few words, you're like, oh, wow. Okay. We, that That's where we're ending things. Yeah. And I was like, wait, now I have to wait till November. What? Why? I'm a good person. Hey, at least, <laughs> at least we were late on the bandwagon. So we only have to wait till November. Exactly. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what do I feel in with my time now outside of the podcast? <laughs> you know? I was completely caught off guard when Colonel Ados gave him basically the death note of you've got, now that you guys know the truth, you've got five minutes to decide whether or not you're on our side or you're with the resistance. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, what? how why and then then all these evil creatures start coming and they're like nope we're we're in it to win it guys let's we're committed now (laughs) and and dane freaking dane (laughs) oh i'm looking forward to the Mm -hmm. reunion of when violet takes him out i was like 
touch my face again. I, I dare you. Cross me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I want to see that WWE match line up, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Uh, Dane always, though, from the beginning is I always, I always side eye like the really overly supportive, nice guy automatically. And I don't know if that's my jaded life experience or if it's just, I know how literary tropes work, but as soon as he came in, I was like, mm, I don't know, but it also helps that Akatar is kind of the thing that my life is focused on right now. So as mm-hmm. soon as the bad guy comes swaggering in and leans against the doorframe, I'm like, that's a love interest. Yeah. Be. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how this works. He's dark and brooding. Right. Dark and brooding. <laughs> he has a mysterious past. I will ask you guys this. Have you seen any fun fan theories circulating that that just make you think? There is one I've seen, and it's less of a theory that would impact anything, but more of something somebody kind of headcanon pointed out as is entirely possible. Okay. But is not explicitly stated in the books. But the moment we get the reveal about the brother, we realize Zayden has been around him for years. He knew all about Violet going in, and somebody framed it as his initial displeasure at seeing her at the gauntlet Mm -hmm. was not because of who her mother was, but who her brother was. And he knew she was supposed to be, was never supposed to be there, was supposed to be in being a scribe, and she was supposed to be protected. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, an extenuation of that that theory that I saw was somebody kind of alluding like it's entirely possible that he kind of had already developed feelings for her off of all the things he heard about her from her brother. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> one, he's already inherently protective of her because of his relationship with her brother and walks out. She's never supposed to be here and is about to step into life and death situations that to his knowledge she physically cannot stand up to so i've heard about that theory the other theory that i've heard about is that violet's mom killed her dad because he knew the truth about oh i totally think yeah yeah i totally think it he knew too much and he was dropping he was dropping hints everywhere he could it's far too suspicious that one both that he died and two that she put her youngest child in the position of basically lining her up to die at that point clearly she's already established a pattern that the bigger picture is her bigger concern Mm -hmm. so and is of a greater concern than her family it's safer for that whole um star trek notion of the good of the many outweighs the good of the few to sacrifice another member of her family to keep things quiet also heard um, theories that her sister knows a whole lot more than we know she knows. Like, do we think she's Switzerland and is playing double agent or? I'm not sure what I think. Okay. I, I think she, especially her being out on the borders so much, I feel mm-hmm. like she has to know more than she's supposed to. Right. But I also wonder, does she know that their brother is alive? That's what already, I'm wondering. And too. has she been doing the same things Zayden has been doing, but from the f- the position of freedom of no longer even being in the school? Last but not least, what was the most heartbreaking moment for you? Because again, this book was very cutthroat <laughs> for no reason. It didn't need to be this cutthroat, but it was. <laughs> I'd have to say Liam. Yep. Liam was just so great. He was just that brother who's not actually your brother, but 
I mean, if you had the closest thing to a Cassian within this book, he was that Cassian vibe. Okay. He's not the love interest, but he's got your back and mm-hmm. he's going to give you a hard ch- time every chance he gets. Agreed. Yeah. Liam's death hit a nerve. I was like, why? Did. Why did why did we have to go there? That and was they had so to make rude. it worse by like the whole not getting to see his sister and watch out for my sister. I'm like, oh. destroy my soul. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> right oh, in the okay. feels. That was and, my answer too. So, <laughs> oh no, you're, I mean, we're all obviously on the same page, no pun intended, but I mean, the way that they described how his dragon passed away and then because you're linked to your dragon, of course, that's how you die. And I'm like, oh, why? He, he's fine though. He, he's mendable. Come on. Where? That, yeah, that's an oh. interesting thing because it's like, they tell you right up front, a rider without its dragon is dead. A dragon without its rider is a tragedy. You don't necessarily know what that means until that scene. Right. You're like, well, they're, it's a dragon and a rider. They're up in the air. If the dragon dies, they fall to their deaths. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that literally, should your dragon die, you will not survive, regardless of circumstances. That was heartbreaking. The yeah. first thing that caught me off guard as far as like, oh, this was so unnecessary. But again, very cutthroat book. Aureli's death at the at the gauntlet right when I mean we know Violet's struggling to get through the gauntlet and mm-hmm. Aureli was just like so excited she's like oh yeah this is my jam I can do this all day every day and then the second she misses her footing and just falls to her death and I was like oh this oh right right in the feels don't get attached oh man I that's what like sort of set a precedent of like oh they're just killing anyone and everyone now so when November rolls around I'm like didn't they kill everybody how how much (laughs) more death can we have left yeah who's left (laughs) but they did bring one back so yeah replenishing slowly (laughs) yes so I'm looking forward to November serious question for you before we end this episode where can our listeners find bad bitch book club and or moonlight events on social media so to get to bad bitch book club that is a little piece that falls under akasas so if you go okay. to our cosplay troop a court of salt and snow that's where we will post <laughs> post about our our book selections different updates that way regarding the bad bitch book club to actually be a member of the bad bitch book club if you go to our link tree link from a court of salt and snow there will be a link to our Patreon. If you subscribe to the top tier, our inner circle, you are automatically monthly member. Right. Um, as for Moonlight Events, on Instagram and TikTok, that is Moonlight Events Company. Well, thank you so much, ladies. This has been so much fun. And I'm going to see you guys soon. Whether it be you are. And or uh, a Valkyrie event. And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Moonlight Events is an immersive event company founded by the creators of A Court of Salt and Snow Cosplay Troop. Their mission is to bring a touch of magic into everyday life by creating events that make you feel as though you are stepping into some of your favorite fantasy worlds. They will be hosting their first event this November. Follow them on Instagram and TikTok for all their updates. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following, Red Tower Books, Rebecca Yaros, or anything else that we mentioned in today's episode. We're just really big fans who want to bond with the dragon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.